Let the entrance of your words bring light and understanding unto us. Let our lives never be the same again. Pray that the Lord will turn the condition of your heart from a stony heart to a good soil, from a thorny heart to a good soil, from a wayside heart to a good soil, from a good soil that is producing less to producing more. In the name of Jesus, speak to our hearts, Lord. something in the spirit and know that God wants to do something different in the service. This morning, I want you to pray that it will not be an ordinary service. It will not be a normal service. In fact, can we please rise to our feet in a moment and just begin? If you can speak in the language of the spirit, just speak in the language of the spirit. If you can speak in the language of the spirit, just begin to talk to the Lord. I just feel that something has been released in the atmosphere this morning. I just feel that God is about to do something, something supernatural amongst us this morning. There is a stirring in the spirit and I want us to give way and give, give room to the Holy Spirit. This morning I don't want you to miss out on what God is about to do. I don't want you to miss out on what God is about to do. I want you to pray and press in the spirit. Press in the spirit. Press in the spirit. Press in the spirit. Shada Listen in the spirit. Rabba kaba baba 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 
just press it in the spirit, 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 just press it in the spirit. side of the breast it was like there was pain there's so much pain in it if you're that person you know, the Lord wants you to deliver you there's there's a hint of a breast cancer but the Lord in this atmosphere wants to heal you if you're that person don't feel shy I'm not going to touch you I won't touch, <laughs> but I want to pray with you if you're that person I want you to call you know of someone who is having there's a pain I can see it right now as I'm standing here so much pain in the left side of the breast. Are you the one who is the one who is the Jesus I pray that every breast cancerous cell be consumed by the power of the Holy Spirit right now healing is taking place what, what, what was going to happen was that she was going to experience so much pain she would go they would discover the cancer and they would have to take the whole breast off but we thank God for this atmosphere. We thank God for his healing power. It is gone in Jesus' name. This pain will never come back again. The Lord who has revealed heals you right now in Jesus' name.
Healing is your portion right now in Jesus' name. Never coming back. We rebuke that thing and command it to go in Jesus' name. And I speak complete healing now. We are completely whole. It's never coming back again. It's never coming back again. That cancerous cell has been destroyed. In the name of Jesus. That spread has been destroyed. Healing is taking place right now. The blood of Jesus is cleansing right now. You are completely whole right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. And with your wife as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, come and do what you do. Oh, set our hearts on you. yesterday I called you. It was a mistake call. And then evening you sent me a message, you missed my call. So I was going to send you a reply that, oh, it was just a mistake. And the Holy Spirit said, it's not a mistake. I intended to call another Christian. I ended up calling you. And the Spirit of God, so this first service, while I was in the service, the Spirit of God started ministering to me and told me that just as I didn't intend to call you, but I called you, there is something that is coming your way. They don't intend to call you, but they will call you. The Lord says they will call you. You are not the one they intend to call, but they will call you. And when they call you, what was not due you because of favor and grace, it will be released into your life. Ordinarily, I would have just prayed for you just secretly, but I felt the Lord wanted to do this in front of his people to signify what he's about to do. They will call you and it's coming very soon. Very speedily. And you will get to know eventually that you were not the one that was supposed to be called. But God is going to do it so graciously. It's coming so huge. It's coming so big. I can sense it in my spirit. It's coming so big so huge so father I pray for your daughter in Jesus name
coming. I pray for capacity for your daughter to know what is coming, oh God. Thank you for the favor that has come upon her. Thank you, oh God, that that call is being placed. And I hear my spirit just like the king Ahasuerus could not rest the whole night because of Mordecai. The Lord will cause the same to happen. Until the moment of favor comes and what God wants to do is accomplished in your life, they will not rest. The Lord will do it and he will do it speedily. It's almost like you will be overwhelmed with what is coming. That is why I prayed for capacity. I prayed for capacity. Not for the favor because the favor has been released, but I pray for capacity. Because what is coming is big. It is huge. Thank you, Father of God. In Jesus' name. We are Like the Spirit of God is ministering to my heart, that you're about to take a giant step. Like it's a step you know it's a giant step. Like it's not a small, it's a big step. You are yourself, you are wondering why you want to take that step. You want to take a giant step. So I saw the feet. It looked like a male's feet. I don't know, it might be a male or female's feet, but the feet, and then all of a sudden it was like a giant feet. And it was like someone was going to step into it. And you come because you feel it's, it's such a big step. You're wondering how it's going to be accomplished. The Spirit of God wants you to. It's. I can still see it. It's a huge step. And by your own resources and what you think and your capacity, you don't think you can. But I saw you stepping, step the person stepping into it. It's not going to be by might nor by power. It's going to be by the spirit of a living God. You might look like a David, but you will you will step into it. 
you will step into it. I don't want to miss this moment of what God wants to do during this service. I pray, Father, for your daughter, O oh God, grace to walk into that step. Grace to walk into that step. The Lord will enlarge your feet and you will step in that place without sweat and struggle. You will even know that you stepped into it by the time you realize you have stepped into it. For the Lord will magnify your feet and cause you to rise into it. In the name of Jesus, there is grace for you. There is grace for you. There is grace for you. I pray in the name of Jesus, there is grace for you. You will step into it. You will rise into it. You will become all that God wants you to be. In the name of Jesus, you will rise into it. You will step into it. Oh, yes, you will not be written off. You will, you will rise into it in the name of Jesus. Your, your strength might be small, but God is releasing supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. In the name of Jesus, yes. You oh makosha la kavadi ando satayava. You rise into it. You will step into it. Nothing will hold you back. Nothing will hold you back. Nothing will hold you back. Those who doubt you will be dumbfounded because the Lord Himself will become your strength. The Lord Himself will lift you up. The Lord Himself will magnify your feet in the name of Jesus. Ah, divine grace is your portion. Divine grace is your portion. You will step into it without sweat, without toil, without struggle. In the name of Jesus, it shall come effortlessly. And I, as I pray for you now, that I hear my spirit. The Lord says it will come effortlessly. It will come effortlessly. Don't worry about how you will step into it. Don't try like by your strength because it will come effortlessly. It shall be the strength of the Lord that shall prevail for you. In the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. Ah, grace shall come upon you. Grace that you have not even imagined. You will take this step and you will take it with so much ease. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is raising giants in this place. You will rise up and take what belongs to you. You will take that territory without struggle, without sweat in the name of Jesus. It is your portion. It is your portion. It is your portion. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Ah, nothing is holding you back in the name of Jesus. Many have attempted to take the step you are taking and have not succeeded. But say the Lord of hosts, He is right behind you. 
you will take it and you will succeed in Jesus name and as I pray for you I, I see that the Lord is cutting off something from behind you and it's almost like something that has been in your lineage coming and following all those that are behind you and they are trying to take the step but have not succeeded but the Lord says I have cut it off today and you are starting something new in the name of Jesus you will succeed you will rise into it you will step in it in the name of Jesus it shall happen speedily Oh, thank you, Lord. Just lift up your voice and thank God. Thank God for His amazing work. Thank God in the name of Jesus. saw this clock number 11.59 but before I saw the 11.59 I saw someone with tears and I saw that the person was crying and the person actually noticed the time that it was 11.59 I don't know who the person is I want to pray for you I, I realized that the person had cried and cried and cried and cried and like it was almost midnight but I saw that 11.59 and the person was still crying I don't know who the person is. Maybe you might not even know that you are the person. But I want to pray for you. When the Spirit of God reveals these things, it's, it's because He wants to do something. He wants to do something. And it's not, it's like this tears that the person shed at that time was like, God, this is my last tears. I'm shedding. I want to pray for the person. I want to pray for the person. Oh, we are here oh, you Come and do what you do check your time but you you cried into the midnight into the night I don't know what it is but you know sometimes God can decide to do it like when you are wherever you are but God can also decide to do it in the midst of his people and he chooses to do it because he has created an atmosphere for it thank you Jesus Indeed, that is the last tears. Say the Lord of hosts, I have seen everything 
have heard your cry. I, the Lord, will do it. And I will do it speedily. I hear in my spirit speed. 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 It's coming. Speed. Speed. It might look like things have slowed down so much, but all of a sudden, speed. Speed is coming. 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 The tears have been wiped. And ah, the Lord is telling me, you see, the 1159 I saw is a significance of the end of a day and about to enter into a new day. And the Lord says that the old has ended. You are entering into the new. The old has ended. You are entering into the new. It might not look like you've entered into the new day because when you enter 12 midnight, you can't see the difference between 12 midnight and 11.59. But you have entered into the new day. And the Lord says, it's not long before the day breaks. And you begin to see your light and your sun rising. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The tears have been wiped. And joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. that in our moments of weakness you still show us mercy and great grace. We are here for get to know how he speaks you get to know how he speaks in symbols the child was crying literally we all heard but the spirit of god was just telling me that someone's child is in danger i want us to pray right now 
we're praying together as a church someone someone's child is in danger there's something the enemy is planning against someone's child right now we want to pray counseling it in the name of jesus we want to pray counseling it we nullify and put it asunder i want to pray like you mean it in jesus name whether you have a child or not we are praying in the name of jesus whoever the person is we are praying that the lord will rescue and deliver that child from every satanic attack from every demonic activity from from whatsoever the enemy has planned against the life of that child in the name of jesus we cancel it we nullify it we put it asunder we pray for every one of our children in the name of jesus no child shall be harmed no child shall be harmed no child shall be harmed. Today, after the service, Isaac, tell the children's ministry teachers after the service, I want to anoint every one of the children. Every one of them. No arrow of the enemy will work against any of our children. No harm shall come near them. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every activity of the wicked one is cancelled in Jesus' name. No parent here will mourn for a child. No parent here will mourn for a child. As I'm praying this prayer, there are tears that are coming from my, my eyes and I can almost, it's like there's a sorrow that is coming, but it shall not happen. We cancel it in Jesus' name. We nullify it in Jesus' name. We decree and declare that it will not stand in Jesus' name. It will not stand. It will not stand. That disaster will not happen. In the name of Jesus, you will not put your hands on your head crying. It shall not come to pass. There shall be great deliverance. There shall be great deliverance. I want you to be, I, I, I mean, for any parent who intends to take your children around the poolside, just be careful. There's going to be great deliverance, but just be careful. Just be careful. If you intended within this season to take your children to the poolside, I mean, if possible, don't do it. Disaster will not happen. It will not happen. Thank you, Father of God. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you. Come and do what you do.
turned and then all of a sudden I felt a sharp pain at this side. And I told you that for some time now when these things happen, I just feel that in my spirit that there's someone here. A sharp pain at this side of the back. Like just, just this side. If you are that person, put your hand there right now. Healing. Oh, please come. 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 Healing is taking place. Healing is taking place right now. Healing is taking place right now. I command this pain to go in Jesus' name. The Lord who has revealed is bringing healing right now. It's a sharp pain, but the Lord says it will not come back again. Healing is coming. Healing is happening right now. The blessing miracles happen. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus. doing something. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord and praise God. Amen. Um, sometimes 
it's just God interrupting. It is a service. I mean, uh, just want to have a sway. Um, then we we have our program, but He has His program. Hallelujah. And sometimes I just wish every service could be like this, where God will just have His way and and do what He wants to do. And, and I'm trusting God that we would actually get there. Is that some of you, you become too excited about what God is doing. You don't listen to the word. So <laughs> Please turn to your neighbor and welcome the person to the house of the Lord. Amen. Turn to another neighbor and welcome the person to the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Apart from the people that I prayed with the back problem here, there's someone whose mother also has a serious back pain, back problem. I don't know who the person is. I want to pray for, for your mother's healing because I can still feel it. Mother. How long has it been? God is going to bring healing miraculously. And she will testify. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, I use your son as a point of contact and I pray for the mother right now healing at the back healing right now wherever she is yes Lord it's taking place there's a crack happening right now within the bones and there's healing taking place this pain is gone in Jesus name this pain is gone in Jesus name this pain is gone in the name of Jesus Thank you, Father, for the healing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You to your mother. Oh, yeah, come to take picture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know, but maybe as, I, as I'm preaching, I don't know what the Spirit of God is going to do, but I don't know whether I'll finish my message, uh, but I have to, to preach. We can't do anything outside the word. Hallelujah. The word is the foundation and the basis for everything in our Christian faith. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for your word that you speak to us. Let the entrance of your words bring light and understanding unto us. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I'm wrapping up on the series, The Secret Place. I am doing the final part, part five of The Secret Place. Uh, it's been four amazing weeks of learning about the secret place. And today we are going to learn about the protocols of being in the secret place. Because it's very important for you to understand what, how to get into the secret place, how to stay there, how to draw from there. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 to 8. Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 to 8. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So this, this passage is um, part of the famous Jesus on the mountain passages where he was speaking about blessed are the poor in the spirit, blessed are this and blessed are this. And when he finished, he went on to talk about our lifestyle, the way we ought to live. So in chapter 5 of, of, of Matthew, Jesus is talking about how we ought to live. He, he's showing us the way we need to behave as Christians. And part of the behavior is this subject of prayer. So then, because the, in the day of Jesus, the Pharisees liked to pray in public so people get to see that they are praying. Jesus was now introducing a new way of doing things. Because some people are more concerned and excited about praying for others to see them. Like, so, I don't know what motive it is, but there are some people, they want to be outside for people to see that, yeah, me too, I am praying. Maybe not everyone who is praying outside is praying for people to see that they are praying. But in Jesus' day, there were people who were praying for others to see that what? They are praying. In fact, on one particular occasion, Jesus said that there was a Pharisee and a sinner, and the Pharisee said, uh, God, look at how righteous I am, and boasting about his good things. And then the sinner said, Lord, here I am. Have mercy on me. I mean, that is how people used to pray. And it's, it's interesting because in our day, it's also possible. I don't know why I want to go and stand outside to pray for people to see that I'm praying so that they can see that me too I'm praying. It's a waste of time. I should be using it to sleep. So in this passage, Jesus draws our attention to the fact that there's prayer that can be pretentious and there's prayer that can be real. In our Christian work, there's prayer that can be pretentious. And especially when we come into church together. That, that people can pray. And people can pray. Especially when a guy wants to catch a certain lady's attention. Shall they can pray, like raise some tongues that you have never heard. And then, and then the lady says, Shale, Pastor, he is audacious. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be dealing with that as single searches satisfied. <laughs> And so some people, might, I mean, some people like, you know, like, like everyone should see that I am in the spirit. And so there can be pretentious prayer. Trying to draw the attention of people. Trying to let people know that you too can pray. I mean, I don't even know. What would you get from people getting to know that you too you can pray? And it's sometimes interesting because sometimes when people are given the opportunity to come and like come and say a word of prayer at an occasion, they want you to know that Charlie, can we please rise up here? Jesus is here. The Lord is here. Then before they start going into the <laughs> prayer, and by the time they finish praying, you realize this person has shoot another man of God's prayer. And then point it out on innocent souls. <laughs> so there can be prayer that is what? Pretentious and one that is real. And Jesus also drew attention to the fact that pretentious prayer is meant to catch the eyes of men. But real prayer has the Father as the focus. When you are praying in a real way, the Father is what? The focus. Every prayer that draws the attention to the Father is real prayer. When your heart is set on the Father, when your attention is set on the Father, when your focus is set on the Father, 
The third thing we see is that real prayer takes place in the secret place where the Father is. So Jesus said that when you pray, go into your room and um, lock it. Of course, some people have stretched that truth too much. To mean that anytime I'm praying, I have to be in my room and then lock the room. I mean, I can pray in the church or I can pray anywhere. But he's, what he's trying to say is that you have to be in a place where you are by yourself. But it's not just being by yourself. He says that your father who is in the secret place will hear you. So he's not saying that our real prayer, it takes place in the secret place. Not necessarily in a confined room. Not necessarily in an isolated space. So I can be in the church and still be in the secret place. I can be at the workplace and still be where? In the secret place. I can be at the market and still be in the secret place. And then the fourth thing is that real prayer is answered by the Father who is in the secret place. That means that if I pray well, it shall be answered by the Father who is in what? The secret place. So now, when Jesus drew the attention of, of the people to this, what he was trying to say is that you and I can be in the place of prayer because the secret place is a place of prayer. It is a place of communion with the Father. It is a place of talking with the Father. And so it is a place where we come to God to commune with him with the intention of building intimacy with him and seeking his will about what we have placed before him. So prayer, that's actually the definition of prayer. It's what? Building, communion with the Father in order to do what? Build intimacy with him and also seek his will concerning the things that we pour out to him. Those of you who have been coming for Wednesday teaching service, you understand this better. So if you haven't been coming, I won't say it. So in prayer, we are not just asking God for things. We are seeking to have relationship with him. In fact, last week Wednesday, someone asked the question, if God, if God um, can do that thing, why do we have to pray? And we'll give some answers. But later when I was going back, the Holy Spirit just drew my attention to something. God is not interested in the things you are coming to tell him. He's interested in relationship. Because if it is just about the things, when we get the things, we'll leave him. But God is more interested in... So the whole idea of prayer is what? Building a relationship with God, getting closer and closer to him, and getting to know his will. So when Jesus said all of this, he did not end there. He went on to show us how to pray. Because I can tell you what prayer is. I can tell you the benefits of prayer. I can tell you that God wants you to pray. But if I don't show you how to pray, you can't pray. So Jesus showed us what? How to pray. And in the process of showing us how to pray, he showed us the protocols of entering into the secret place and staying there. So let's continue from verse 9 of the same Matthew 6. Matthew 6, right? I said Matthew 5. Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Verse 9. He says, In this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus had finished talking about the fact that you don't have to have pretentious prayer. You have to have real prayer. Then he goes on to give us this. He says, this is how you should pray. In fact, the counterpart of this passage is Luke chapter 11, where one of the disciples came to Jesus and said, and the Bible says that Jesus had finished praying in a certain place, and the disciple came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, that statement is very interesting because he didn't say teach us how to pray. He said teach us to pray. In fact, teach us to have a life of prayer. And when the disciple made the request, this is the same thing that Jesus said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, a lot of us know this as a recitation. But Jesus was not reciting a prayer for us. He was modeling a prayer for us. He was showing us how to what? Pray. Because when we're in JHS and primary, they tell us, okay, now let's say our father, the Lord's prayer is that our father, where are you heaven? Some of us didn't even know the words. And then I can come. And then the, the part that we become very loud. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Then everyone was like excited. And we repeated the next day. And we repeated like every, every day. We repeated. And we never understood what Jesus was trying to show us. In fact, I failed one particular question in exams because the teacher said, write the model prayer. We too, we didn't know it as the model prayer. We knew it was the Lord's prayer. Write the model prayer. The Lord's prayer. So I was wondering what is the model prayer that this teacher was talking about. But later, after we all failed, if I don't think anyone in the class got it, after we all failed, years later I realized he was right in saying the model prayer because it's actually a model for us to follow. So Jesus was showing us what? The model. And in this, what we call the Lord's Prayer, there are two, thing, two key things that I can see here. The first one is the approach. When you are coming into prayer, what is the approach that God wants you to have? When you are coming into the secret place, what is the approach God wants you to have? And the second one is the attitude. What is the attitude God wants you to have? If if you get these two right, there's a third one, but I will not do that one today. That's content. I'm going to deal with the approach and what? The attitude. So the approach, he says, so he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. That is Luke chapter 11, verse 2. The counterpart of Matthew chapter 6. He says what? When you pray, say what? Our Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven. So Jesus is saying that this is the approach you are supposed to have. When you are coming to God in prayer, you must approach God in prayer as your father. Don't just come to God and just say God. When you are coming to God, approach him as what? Your father. Come to God as your father. Like you are the child and God is the father. A lot of us go to God and in our minds, God is this big, giant something we can't describe, who when you make a little mistake, you hit your head. <laughs> or you will cause the head to be open and you'll be swallowed. 
Or some God be that because you sinned last week. Like today that you are coming to pray, like he has kept record of the sin from last week. And he says, I'm waiting for you. Come. When you come, I'll show you that you sinned. <laughs> and then he will start, he will start working with you on the sin before he starts listening to the prayer. But he says, when you come, come before him as a father. And, and to understand what Jesus was saying as a father, the, the Greek word, the original Greek word is the word pate, which means a nourisher, a protector, an upholder. So Jesus was saying that when you come before the father, you should come with a perception of God as what? Your nourisher, your protector, and your upholder. So when you are coming into prayer, now I want you to really pay attention to this because when you understand this, your way of praying will change. The way you go to God will change completely. So he says that when you come before God, come with this, like a, a child coming to a father. So the first one is, as your nourisher, he provides everything so that you don't lack anything. Everything that we need to sustain our living on earth, God what? Provides. So when you are coming before the Father, come before him as someone who is providing everything for you. You know when our children are coming to ask us things, they don't think about whether you earn salary or not. I mean, go with your children to the mall and let them see anything and everything. And they will say, I want it. They don't ask you, can you buy it? They do it. They say, I want it. The last time we met a friend at the mall and the kids were like, we want this car that was this children's car. And the car, the amount they've written, two point something, two K plus. And the child has, which is sitting there, I want it. Mommy, I want it. The mother says, you can't, I want it. And the guy is, the boy is throwing tantrums. I was so sad for the mother because <laughs> what will you do? Like, it either beat the child or something, cry the child out of that <laughs> and the child is like, I want it. And the worst of it, there were two children. The worst of it is that the other one has also gone to another one. <laughs> Mommy, me too, I want this one. I said, today, there, this woman is in trouble. <laughs> in their minds, my parents can what? Provide. They're rich. I mean, anything I want, let's walk into the mall. Anything, they can get it for me. It doesn't matter what it is. Daddy, I want this. I will get it. And, and God wants us to have that childlike faith. Where when you come before him, you believe without a shadow of a doubt that he's able, he's your nourisher. He's able to provide everything that you need. That is why he continued to say, and give us this day our daily bread. Every provision, God has it for you. You know, sometimes when we go before God, you sincerely, sincerely, you tell me, sometimes when you go before God, don't you think that, don't you ask whether God, like in your mind, you are praying, but like, we cry, like, I mean, how many of you have ever experienced, like, can I see some real human beings here? <laughs> like you are praying, and, and, and sometimes when you are praying, you have a plan B. Like, like God, I am praying about it too, but... In case you don't do it, Charlie, this is the way I'm going to. Can, can I have some witnesses here? <laughs> because you see, the matured person goes before God with a very analytical mind. 
you are thinking and analyzing all the possibilities. But a child does not come before the parents analyzing my as my mom earned a salary. That's if you think about my, my mom has earned salary or she has paid school fees or she hasn't paid school. Can you? I mean, it's like it has to be done. Like my little girl came, she said, Daddy, it's my birthday. It's going to be my birthday soon. I want two things. I want a very huge cake. And then I also want to go and have a celebration with my friends in school. I told her you can have one of the two. But daddy, why can I have why can't I have the two? I said you can have only one of the two. Then days later she came, said, Daddy, what we talked about? I said you can have one of the two. Then she paused and said, Why is that life can have complex decisions? She at that age, complex because I told her she should choose one. One of the two is the complex. <laughs> Then I said she was paying bills and she was paying school fees and she was. I don't know what she would name the complex. <laughs> but but children are like that in their minds. My father can do every look. Let an aeroplane pass through the sky and the child can say, "Daddy, please buy me the aeroplane." I mean, like. <laughs> so when Jesus says, when you are approaching your father, approaching God, approaching what as a father, as a nourisher, and he says that approach him as a protector. That he keeps us from every harm. He ensures our safety. He's our defender and our shield. He's, he's everything that we need to keep us safe. Because when God provides, he also protects. God is not interested in giving you and causing you to lose it. So you have to believe God. For what? Protection. That as your father, he protects you. You see, Jesus was trying to let us know what fathers do. I realize that when you're in the room and then your child is screaming in the hall, and you know this why it's not one of the planes screaming, the speed with which you run to go and see what is happening, it, it's a parent's response. And, and Jesus says that when you come before the father and you're crying out to him, when you're coming and you come with the knowledge that God is my protector and you're crying out to him, know that God is there to run to your aid. To keep you safe. To protect you. Some of you are afraid to become rich because you're afraid that when you become rich, I'm Robert to come and visit you. But if God gave you the riches, who to keep you safe from I'm Robert? The only thing is that just don't go and do what people do foolishly nowadays. I don't understand. Especially the celebrity. You have built a mansion, so what? So the whole world should see it. You have a smart toilet, so what? We should see it. We don't have time to see all of that. When, look, I told you, and I said it during the first service, that you people, you'll be so wealthy. Amen. I'm going to pastor a very wealthy church. I get to me. You be so wealthy, but don't come on social media and take a picture of your your house. That when you speak, then the, the door opens. And we don't want to see any of that. That one, when you do that, God will, God will not mind you. That robbers will come. <laughs> but if God gives you, you have to trust in the word. He protects. Then He takes care of it. Some of us, God has given us children, and we are always worried about whether they'll be safe or not. That God will give you. Give them to you. Trust him as your father to work. Protect them. To keep them safe and sound. Sometimes I, go, I used to do that. Then the Holy Spirit told me, you are funny. Because I'll come to the office and I'll be thinking about home. And thinking about that time my wife had delivered fresh. And like I'll be thinking about, hey, are they alright? Is everything cool with them? I mean, ah. then the Holy Spirit told me that. 
even if everything is not right, all right with them, you, you are here. What can you do about it? <laughs> the moment, you see, and when the Holy Spirit speaks, it settles everything. You stop worrying and thinking about things. So, trust him as your father, as what? The protector. But the third part is that you have to trust him as your upholder. And this is where it gets interesting. That sometimes God as a father might not provide. Not because he can't provide. Sometimes God as a father might not, it might look like he's not protecting, not because he can't protect. But sometimes God as a father will let you go through the fire. And he will let you go through the waters. But you have to trust him as the upholder. The one who even when he doesn't provide and is allowing you to go through the fire and the waters, he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will keep you. So there's a point in our lives that God does not provide what you're asking for. And it's because he can't provide, but it's because he's taking you through a process for maturity and a process to build your capacity. And you have to believe him that when in that season, you are going through that season, as your father, he is very much aware of what you are going through, but he's upholding you. That's why he says, when you go to the fire, I will be with you. It shall not consume you. He says, when you go to the water, it shall not overflow you. He is God. He is with you. But you know, a lot of us have this, only the first two perceptions about God. He's my nourisher. He's my protector. As for the third one, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that God will take me through the fire. Like, I don't want to hear that God will take me through the wilderness. And I don't want to know that God will take me through a very difficult season of my life. I don't want to hear that God will allow me to encounter some form of suffering. But God, as our Father, who loves us so much and is very interested in us, would allow us to go through it. But you have to believe him that in the season when he's allowing you to go through, he's what? Your upholder. That, and, and can I give you a scripture? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And he says, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted about what you are able. And he said, even with the temptation, he will make a way of escape. You know, that's my insurance policy with God. One, he says, what I am going through, it is common to every human being. So don't think that your situation is exclusive to you. Human beings go through it. Number two, he says, it is not above your level. It is just your level. God will not give you a first degree uh, course exams when you are in class six. It's just your level. And the third one, he says, even though it is at your level, he will still make a way of escape. Can you imagine? Three, you selling that do you have any such insurance package for me? No. If you have you bring it, I'll buy it. God is the only one who has this package for us. <laughs> so come before him what as your father, who is your nourisher, your protector and upholder. But he says that when you come, say our father in heaven. So the approach is in twofold. I am approaching first as my father, but I'm also approaching him as my father in heaven. And what he's saying is that you must identify that your father is operating from heaven, not from the earth. And when he says that your father is operating from heaven, what it means is that our father is not limited by what happens here on earth. So when you go before God and you are praying, don't think that the conditions on this earth are limiting God. They can limit human beings, but they don't limit God. Because he's not our father on earth. He's our father where? In heaven. 
He's our Father operating in heaven. It doesn't mean that God cannot be seen on this earth. He can be seen. But his place of operation is not from this earth. So that you can't say the economy of Ghana has limited God. Inflation has caught God. <laughs> or God did not see COVID coming. In fact, it takes me to my second point. That our Father is not surprised by what happens here on this earth. Because he operates from heaven, he's not surprised. God is not surprised. God was not surprised when COVID came. Who was surprised? Because God saw it long before it happened. See, the thing about God is that, baby, anytime God is giving you a word of prophecy, anytime God is giving you a word, he takes into consideration everything ahead of you before he gives you that word. So he can see COVID, he can see inflation. Nowadays, I learned when you go to the market, uh, you can't even buy some things because the prices are double and triple. I mean, and, and, and someone showed me tomatoes and said, Pastor, look at this. You know, like, <laughs> I said, like, hey, Pastor, now, now, now what? Two tomatoes for how much? Five CDs. Can you imagine? But God is not surprised by all of these things. He saw them before they ever happened. And the third thing about God being our Father in heaven is that he's not affected by what is happening on this earth. See, if he was affected, then he would also be complaining like we are complaining. But he's not affected because he, his riches is above this earth. He created the earth. In fact, the streets of where he is are made of gold. The streets are made of gold. We are fighting for gold on this earth. The streets where we walk is made of what? Gold. So our Father in heaven every time you are coming before god this is a secret of the secret place you must approach him as your father who is operating from heaven now when you approach god this way it makes life very 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 simple anxiety does not become a part of your life because every time you go before the father you know you trust him completely you believe in him you know who he is you know you know what what he can do you know that he's not limited god god doesn't catch malaria god god doesn't catch malaria i mean covid cannot affect god hippie cannot affect god imf bill out he's not part of the pensioners i mean what uh, debt restructuring <laughs> none of those things affect god but now look at the attitude he says Apart from your approach, you have to have a certain attitude when you are coming into, into um, prayer. And the kind of attitude you come will determine the kind of results you have. The kind of attitude you have will determine what? The kind of results you will have. If your attitude in prayer is right, you have what? The right results. Now, I want to talk about an attitude. It's a mental state that involves your beliefs and feelings and values. And it's a complex mental state. What we are saying is that an attitude is the way you come before God. The way you think about God. The way you think about prayer. The way you think about whether or not God would even do what you are telling him. It's an attitude. And Jesus gave us six important attitude dispositions we are supposed to have the first one is faith he says when you come pray saying what 
our father and he was not just talking about our approach he was saying that you must pray in faith just like a child believes his or her father you can also and must also believe that your father can do anything and what everything that he says in his word you must have faith and hebrews 11 verse 1 says faith is the substance of things so forward the evidence of things not seen it means that faith is not that i have had it faith is that i believe that i have it that even though god like i've not seen it i believe it i trust god because god is the one who said it and if god said it then what i believe him so your first attitude must be an attitude of faith it must be a substance it must be the basis for which you go before god and he says it is the substance of things hoped for so that means that it is the you know when we talk about something that's substantial it's something that you can hold but you know faith is saying that although i have not seen it I, I'm, I'm behaving like i can actually feel it like it's in my hand i've not got the thing but i believe i have it i haven't received it but i believe what I have it. The richest man in the world, he hasn't seen it, but he believes what? He is the richest man in the world. Praise the Lord, Mr. Richest Man. I can't wait for your riches. <laughs> yeah. That, just, that one, you just come to church one Sunday, you just decide, okay, everyone, please, at the entrance, there's $10,000 for each person. <laughs> And, and people will come to church and say, hey, when, when is the rich man coming again? <laughs> and it says, it's what? The evidence of things not seen. And, and the evidence means it's a proof. You are so convicted and so convinced that what God has said is so real and so true. And we don't go to the court with, without evidence. In this case, he's saying that I have not seen it, but I have evidence. If any lawyer who goes to court and says, I have not seen it, I have evidence, the judge will throw the person out. Where's your evidence? My Lord, I have not seen it. Ah. Where is your evidence? My Lord, I have not seen it. But I have faith. They will throw you out immediately. But our Christian work is such that you don't have to see it to believe that it is possible. To believe that it is doable. To believe that God is actually working it out and making it up. You have to believe it. I, I, I hope you're getting it. You have to what? Believe it. And so faith is the substance of things over, the evidence of things not seen. And Romans 10 verse 17 says that, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And you know, sometimes what we confuse faith to be is that we confuse faith to be what, um, what I am wishing for. Like I'm desiring, I, I desire that I'll have a four-bedroom house, so I have faith. No, that's not faith. I desire that, which car do you like? Four by four, uh, Range Rover. Charlie, I can imagine Lamborghini. Charlie. She says, so she, she has, she, she desires for a Lamborghini. And, and for her, it's a desire, but she can think it is what? Faith. But that's not faith. 
Faith is actually hearing that God says, I will do it. And believing what God says, he will do. Not what you desire. That's why a lot of people get frustrated and disappointed in the Christian faith. Because what you think is faith is not faith. I'm designed for a five-bedroom house. God hasn't told me he'll give me a five-bedroom house. So, when I get a, a three-bedroom house, I say, God disappointed me. This is not what I wanted. God, God says, I never said that. I never said I'll give you a five-bedroom house. Did I say I'll give you a five-bedroom And sometimes we even go to the extent when we are trusting God for healing in someone's life. We are trusting, we say we have faith, God will heal. But God never said I will heal the person that way. God never said that. Sometimes the healing you are thinking about is not the healing God is going to bring. Sometimes God will allow the condition of the person and God will use the person to do miracles. That's it. That's his answer. But, and so faith is what? Hearing what God has to say. That's, you see, when you understand these secrets and you come into the secret place, your, your posture is different. It's not everything I pray about that I believe God will do. Do you know why? Because it's not everything I pray about that I have heard God say. So when I go and I tell him, he has his own ideas about it. So my posture is that if he does it, praise the Lord. If he doesn't do it, praise the Lord. If he does it this way, praise the Lord. If he does it the other way, praise the Lord. If he decides that you bring the money by letting me go and meet someone's Ghana must go with, with $1 million in it, praise the Lord. If he decides that I'll get the $1 million by having a business and working for 10 years, praise the Lord. Whichever way, it has to be his will and that is the faith. And if it is not his will and you are, you are believing that it will be something else, I'm sorry, you'll be frustrated. That's why in this church, I'm not going to tell you, hey, God will do it. Hey, tomorrow you have a 24 miracle, 24 hour miracle. It is coming. Shout a big amen. One and amen. Two. Hey, amen. Three. Amen. You are not shouting it. Amen. Four. The one who shouts a big amen. Five will get it. 24 hour miracle. It's possible God can do a 24 hour miracle. But God will not do the 24-hour miracle for all of us. Because we are all not in the same season. <laughs> we are not all, all not in the same place in life. So it might be a 24-hour miracle for you. And that one, you must hear it. And for the other people, so then I'll tell you, if you want a 24-hour miracle, bring a seed of $24 or $240 or $2,400. It, it doesn't work that way. God is not a magician. Then we all go and we all believe that we will get a 24-hour miracle. Meanwhile, God hasn't said anything. It's only one person. See, you see how we get deceived. You see how we get deceived. So, faith. It's not just believing the thing. It is knowing that God said it. And when God said it, then you can believe it. Like this morning before this, I mean, when we started, when I came and then we started, all the things that God was speaking, I, I know God said it. So I believe it. I believe that your wife's pain is gone. I believe that the back pains are gone. I believe everything God, because God said, if, it's a different thing if I just came and I said, anyone who is not well, come, let me pray for you. That one, when I pray for you, I say, I pray and believe that God will heal you. But when God speaks specifically, that's where faith is. Hallelujah. The second attitude is an attitude of honor. So the first one is what? Faith. The second one is honor. And this is where a lot of people miss out on the secret place. Because he says, our Father who art in heaven, 
Hallowed be your name. So he says that when you come before God, you must come with absolute respect. When he says hallowed be your name, it's revealing to us honor that we have to give to God in prayer. The word hallowed means holy. It means consecrate. It means set apart, purify. You must, you must acknowledge that the one you are coming before is not ordinary. And you must highly esteem him above all else. Like, can I show you how sometimes we dishonor Sanago? Don't worry, today I've gone a little beyond our time, but it's good. When you come before God in prayer, don't see him as other people. Because it's not other people. You have to separate God in your eyes. So when Jesus says, hallowed be your name, it means that you have to sanctify the name of God. You have to make God's name holy, different. That's why you can't be praying, and then when you are praying, your phone is on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I bless your name, oh God, and I, I pray for this person. Panang, 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 panang. Hey, Liz. Hello, Liz. I say, hey. Hmm. Okay, fill up your wall. Oh, okay. Where are you feeling? Father, in the name of Jesus, ah. no, 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 no. He says what? You have to hallow his name. You have to understand the honor. You can't be talking to God and in the middle of your conversation, you pick a call and speak to another human being and then after that you come back to God. What sort of honor is there? Even when we are before diplomats and, and, and honorable, you put your phone on silent. Why? Because you know that you are before a person of honor. So you don't go. Today's Christianity, we are, we, we are joking. We are jokers. You are praying. Then another call comes. Hey, Charlie, this one, there's a business call. Oh, Charlie, God, how to pick it, how to pick it. Hello, Mr. This name. Uh, okay, can, can you come and see me right now? Okay, please, I'm coming right now. You intended to pray for one hour because you left your phone on and another man called you. Oh, I am coming right now. And then you leave and you tell me that God has answered your prayer. You can't dishonor God and experience the benefit of his presence. You have to hallow his name. You have to separate him. When you come before God, look, come before God as the mighty one who deserves all your honor. Please, are you getting me? Oh, people of God, are you getting me? Oh, you, you don't like that one. Uh, you like that one? I go, go before God and say, God, one. God, do it. God, two. Do it. Then say this. When you say A, B, C, D, God will do it. Because God, who told you? God is not bound by any skirmishes. When you go quote the scriptures to God and he will answer you, who said that? We pray on the basis of the scriptures. That when I quote the scripture, it doesn't mean that God is going to hear. Because I can even quote the scripture. Even the demons believe. The devil believes and he trembles. He believes the scriptures. The devil, he believes the scriptures. That's what the Bible says. He, he believes the scriptures. And he trembles. So you have to honor him. You have to esteem him. In fact, from today, you have to make sure that your prayer time is sad that no one can touch it. Uh, please, am I preaching to a church here? We are, we are learning how to get into the secret place. These are secrets that I have learned. 
And I'm not telling you an answer story. My wife is here. She'll tell you. And I'm going to pray. My phone is on silent. It's, sometimes I don't even take it along. It is in the room and I have gone to pray. Because God is more important than any other human being. Then number three, submission. When you pray, you have to submit what you want to what God wants. So it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? As it is in heaven. God's will is more important than anything we can pursue. The will of God is what God wants to be done. When he wants it done. How he wants it done. When you are submitting, you are yielding to his will. You are referring to his decision or judgment. So when you pray, it is not about going to have arguments with God. It's about seeking what? His opinion. Yeah. And this is the secret of the secret place. A lot of people don't know it. Ike. That's why sometimes we are very, very frustrated and depressed because we don't know the opinion of God concerning the matters. You can be so agitated, but when you get to know the will of God, you realize all your agitations fall. And I'm teaching you how to be where? In the secret place. Because if you understand this subject of yielding and submitting to the will of God, Charlie, your prayer life will become very sweet. Because every time you pray, you are like, God, what, what do you want to do? You do, I want you to do, I brought the thing, but I want your will. I brought it, but I want it to be subject to yours. I, I like this, but I want what you want. I, I want a job now, but God, I want what you want. Because his will is, is beautiful. Pa. God's will eh, is, is simply good. It's called LG. Life is good. God's will is simply what? Good. I wish I could say this over and over and over for many Christians to hear. That you, you have to come into prayer submitting to his will. Nothing else. Submitting to his will. Andrews, my posture in prayer is not like God do this for me. God, I want this. God, my first, I want this. God, I want a car. But what's your will now? Maybe at, at this time you, st- you are still taking me through something. Maybe they are rooting something out of my heart. I don't know. So if, if you want me to continue to work, please let me work until you root it out. In the, in the time being, whilst I'm working, I'm doing everything you want me to do. When the time comes, release it into my life. That's, it makes life what? Simple. It is different from settling for less. It's different from being complacent. It's different from not, not being ambitious. But the point is that everything must be subject to God's will. And when he does it in his will, in his time, it's so what? Beautiful. It's exciting. I, I, I can't tell you. It is what? Exciting. The fourth attitude is expectancy. When you come before God, you should come with absolute expectancy. Don't come not anticipating that God will do something. You should expect that God will do something in your life. Every time you come, look forward to the fact that God, there can be a probable occurrence. In prayer, you should look forward to what? Something that God is going to do. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us what this day our daily bread. There has to be a disposition to look forward to what God is going to do that time when you pray. Number five is humility. 
You can't come before God in prayer that justifying your acts and your ways. He says, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who are trespass against us. Every time you come before God, acknowledge what you have done against him. Acknowledge that you have not done things right. Don't come before God with a sense of high-mindedness. God, I have done this. God, I did this. God, last week I preached though. God, you saw how tired I was. But I preached for first service. I preached for second service. After that, I went for S cube. God, you must do it. Hey. <laughs> no, how many of you have been attempted to bribe God that will blackmail God that will try to corner God like with what you have done? You, you, you have to come before God. God, I am sorry. In fact, the way I've been handled things, I don't think I did it well. I'm, I'm sorry. You see, God loves a broken and contrite spirit. Someone who is constant. That, that's one of the things that made David a man after God's own heart. David was always broken before God. Sometimes you just come and lie down before God and like, God, God, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not where I ought to be. You are not praying. And you, 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 are, you, know, you know that you are not praying. But the once in the week that you went before God, you are going to go before God as if like you have been praying. You have been praying. When you go, eh, say, God, I'm sorry. I've not been praying. I, I've been joking. Now that the thing is very needful, I've come. I'm sorry. You have to tell God. You have to have a humble word, disposition in prayer. One of the things I don't miss in my time of prayer is standing, even if I don't know I've done something wrong, sometimes in my thoughts, I've, I've thought about something that did, did not honor God. Sometimes it's not even something I've done, something I did not do. Maybe I was passing by Ike and then God said, um, bless Ike with this. And I said, oh, Ike has enough money, I won't bless him. I, I've discerned God. Because at that moment, I don't know why God was instructing me to do. So even not doing that is displeasing him and discerning. So God, I am sorry. And I tell God, oh God, even the things I don't know, but you know, I am what? Sorry. Because I want to have a good relationship with my father so I can experience the full benefits of his presence. And the final one is total dependence. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In prayer, you don't depend on your strength. You don't depend on your qualifications. You don't depend on your positions. You, it's all about God working on our behalf. In fact, the type of tongue you speak, it's not an indication of what God is going to do. So don't boast. Paul said me, I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's what Paul said. But he wasn't boasting in it. I mean, don't boast in the vocabularies you come before God. He's the one who created language. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's very funny. We, we think the way we came before God, the posture, and the words we started with. And even sometimes when we sing some few songs in worship, we think that, I've nailed it. The door has been open. Now I can go in and claim it. I would name it and claim it. You, you are lying. You, you, you have to understand that you have to have a disposition of depending on God. Because now he said that lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. 
Because you see, it's very interesting for you to think that because I've read the scriptures and I've prayed and I came to church and I spoke in tongues for three hours, I will escape the temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or from evil. So you have to have total dependence on God. Don't trust in your prayers. Trust in God. You can write it down. Don't trust in what? Your prayers. Trust in God. Can I repeat it? Don't trust in your prayers. Trust in God. You can pray in quotes, what we call powerfully. <laughs> but God is the one who answers. Have you realized you can write an exam and know that Charlie in your heart mature eh, this exams I I nailed when we come out of the exams room, people are complaining, yeah, yeah, smiling and everything's smiling. But have you realized that it's the examiner who determines? Recently I marked one of my students' script and she had two over a hundred. <laughs> But she had got in the other courses, she got 100. She got, so she was like, she called, Pastor Emma, what have I done wrong? <laughs> Why? And I said, you deviated. Yeah, the answer she wrote in leadership courses, those answers, people are looking for those answers. But in my question, that's not the answer I'm looking for. She deviated totally. So, you see, you can think you have prayed so powerfully, but the answer lies with God. <laughs> He's the one that determines whether or not it is coming the way it ought to come. So you have to what? Be dependent on him. So what Jesus is telling us is that we have to be in the secret place, but you can't just be in the secret place. You have to have a protocol of entering into the secret place and what? Staying in the secret place. And I pray that God would help all of us to have the right protocol to enter and to what? Stay in the secret place. Shall we rise to our feet and begin to pray and tell the Lord, the Lord help me to be able to enter into the secret place and stay in the secret place.